Hey everybody, Raylan Casper White here with another festive episode of X-Ray. Uh, today is the eve of the uh, Jewish torture day known as Yom Kippur, uh, where they fast and they think about all the, you know, we as Christians, we can kind of do that all year round, like asking for forgiveness and sinning and doing shit and cheating on our wives and husbands and then asking again, but the Jews only have one day to do it. So they do it right. My phone is fucking right. I just turned this shit off. What is this 818? I don't answer anybody. That's the valley. Yeah, no, one get, no one answers. No one lives valley. there. Nope. It's a barren wasteland with Dennis yes, Quaid. Um, so they have one day to, to do it all, and it's an intense day, and there's no food or water, which I, I did not know. I thought you could drink water. No food, no water. You pray a lot, um, and you ask forgiveness <laughs> between you and God, but also, I guess, between you and other people. I have a Jew here, so we're going to talk to him in a minute. Uh, I am here with the uh, illustrious uh, and super talented Jason Kravitz. Hey, Ray Lynn. Hi. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. I have been a fan of yours for many, many years. Oh, th oh that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, th you're, you're welcome. Uh, Kravitz, but not like Lenny. No, not like Lenny. No relation. No relation. Okay, but yours has an S, not a Z. It does, but that was a recent addition, probably only a couple generations back. Oh, where's your family from originally? Lithuania. Okay. And probably some part of Poland and Russia when it was all mixed up together. Okay. And World then Wars. did they go through the Holocaust? Uh, my direct line moved here uh, in the 1800s. So, no, they missed it. But we do have relatives that were still there in the There's Holocaust. There's always somebody, right? Because otherwise you're not somebody. really Jewish. Unless you know somebody, you <laughs> got to have the cred, Just right? Just nod your head and say, yes, yes, my family was, was in the Shoah. Yes. Right, in the Shoah. Exactly. In the Shoah. Shoah. It. It, sounds, it sounds like a... Person from Long Island trying to say show. Yeah, exactly. Are you in the show? I am in the show. <laughs> yes, my family was in both. That's fun. Now, are you, do you come, you are pr an actor? I am an actor. Um, an amazing actor. I first okay. saw you, remind me, it was a legal show on the telly. There was a show called The Practice. It was the on about Practice. 20 years ago for a while, and I was in a couple of seasons of that. A couple of seasons. That was David E. Kelly? David E. Was Kelly. Was he uh, stupid Michelle Pfeiffer at that time <laughs> or not was, yet? Uh, he was already married with children. Oh, with wow. How old yeah. is he? God knows. Okay, because he's one of those ageless men, right? Just that are just going. good, look good. Keeps writing, keeps looking good, yeah. plays hockey. You know, I don't know. Does he play hockey? I think he does. Oh, Jesus, that's cheesy. <laughs> um, so you were on the practice. That wasn't the Callista Flockhart one. No, it was across the street from that one. Allie McBeal. Allie McBeal was across the street from us, and uh, Boston League, Boston Public, which oh, was a show Jesus. about a television, about a uh, high school. Okay, high school, right. Was around the corner, so we had a whole little David E. Kelly family. Empire. Who was the big star on that show besides you? Oh, besides me? Yeah. I don't think I really rated for that. Well, I, I, was, I, you know. You had Dylan McDermott on that right. show. Right. Whatever Laura happened Flynn to Boyle. him? Is he around? He is. He works like crazy. Are you kidding? I'm sorry. I feel bad. No, I'm, okay, I watch really. a lot. I just watched uh, Goliath. Have you seen Goliath? I have not seen Goliath. I, I fucking love things. Billy Bob Thornton. I would fuck him I seven know. ways till Sunday. That guy is so sexy. He just oozes sex. He does. He does. And he keeps losing weight. Yeah, he's so got that lanky heroin he, chic. He does that heroin chic. You know chic. what I mean? Exactly right. But I would watch him do heroin. Yeah. I think even he could do that as a sexy he bit. He would be very sexy, uh, you know, shooting up. I get why Angelina Jolie, you know, I, the blood vials, I get it. You understand that? I do, because I feel like he's got that southern swagger. Yeah. You know, that relaxed charm. Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. like these MMA testosterone-fueled sexual, which I don't find sexy at all. You don't. The M the, the beef he got, I never like a beefcake. Not your thing? No, no, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll try to keep my shirt <laughs> keep on. Keep your shirt. Keep so your, it doesn't, so it your doesn't muscle tee you on. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
But I like the show. It's good. And you know, uh, there's another actress mm -hmm. on there that I love, Nina Arianda or something. Oh, sure. She came as a New York actress. She is amazing. Started working right out of school, got yeah. some Broadway. Right, like NYU Boom. chick or Juilliard chick. Something, or something. like that, All yeah. those grad school I fuck know. nuts. Who knows yeah, those whatever. people? Did you go to grad school for acting? I did not. I went, you know, it's funny with your accent. I keep wanting to slide into it because I grew up in Maryland. Okay. I, so that was, you know, and the Mar Maryland, most people think of as like, well, that was the north. Right. Because you know, Washington, D.C. is right there. Yeah. It's actually very southern Is place. it really? really? I don't think, you know what, I have really not really thick. been to, to Maryland. Oh, no, it's very rednecky. Okay. Hick. Oh, yeah. Okay. So well, I, I, I try and avoid my people when I can. I would I would suggest that, but I go into the O's all the time. Do you really? Yeah, your, your Maryland O's, hon. You know, you go down to shore, get some Thrasher's fries, you know, watch the O's game. Oh, that's, that's a very unique uh It's very specific dialect. to the Bay, in yeah. the Bay Area up to Philly a little bit, but yeah, it's definitely... I wow. definitely slide into this, so when you're talking, you remind me of home a little bit. Oh, honey, I'm no sorry. I mean, I like nostalgia, unless you had a terrible childhood. No, it was all right. Okay. <laughs> I was happy to get out eventually, you know, move to New York, but... Uh, but then you had to get rid of I it. I worked really hard to lose that. Right, right, yeah. No, I get it. I yeah. mean, you want to kind of have, for a good actor, you want to have that generic feel so you can kind of play anything. And especially since anything. you look Jewy, you want to be able to play... That stereotypical Jewish guy, You'd too, think, right? You know, or yeah. no, but you haven't been cast as that a lot. No, never, never. Jews, I don't do. Okay. No, actually, I changed my name to Jason Kravitz. It you was, were like Jason it was John, Willapunk. It was John Williams, and um, <laughs> and I knew with this face that I was going to play more Jewish characters, so I wanted to slide I, You know, that. it's a smart move. Well, I wanted I to go Latina, so I'm thinking of changing my last name to Hernandez. Raylan Hernandez. Who knows? Could happen. A lot of intermingling over There's the generations. There's a lot of people to get married to in this You town. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So you, you didn't go to grad school. From Maryland, you moved to New York. Maryland, I stuck around D.C. for about six years and did theater. I was kind of my grad school was doing theater in D.C. and all the did Shakespeare and I did Moliere and I oh, did. Oh, wow. You know, How did you learn the Shakespeare without formal training? Oh, I mean, I was it was formal to take theater classes. In oh, okay. I mean, I took theater at undergrad okay okay so you did study it because i feel right. like shakespeare you need to if you're just gonna do like a sam shepherd and just do a mammoth and just be doing a lot you of can grunting, just walk off the street and do that yeah you know what i mean yeah, that's totally i mean totally did marlon Gordon brando that. go to grad school no i don't think he did. i don't think he did right he did go to the actor actor's studio, play, actor studio. Right. so he did have some training after that okay. you know, we all do our training after yeah if, you, if you're smart you continue to train after yeah you hope school, to train i just heard from a lot of actors that there's like the frustration in New York theater, certain places, if you're not a graduate of NYU, Juilliard, sure. or Yale, you can't get arrested. And it's like, guys, with all due fucking respect, there's a lot of great actors there that haven't gone to grad school. Well, of course. But, I mean, it's just like anything. If you didn't go to Yale or, or uh, Harvard, you know, you're not going to get into certain, or, or Chicago, uh, Chicago, you're not going to get into certain law uh, right. practices. You're not right. going to get into certain business practices. You know, there is a uh, there is a, a kind of a mafia of all these different yeah, schools. Yeah, it's a mafia. It I don't know. I'm like, I like school, but I'm anti-school. But I fought the mafia. Yeah, fuck one. that. Good. Did you um, feel like you did get typecast a lot when you first started out? I get typecast now. But you get a lot of work, so who cares, well, right? Well, you know, the funny part is I get more. I get typecast more now than I did when I was first starting out. When Why is that, do you think? Because I was doing more theater. I was in a town that was really interested in doing theater, and I could really try different things. This uh, was in Maryland? In D.C., in, in DC, the okay. D.C. area. Okay. Yeah, and then when I moved to New York and started doing commercials, which is the first thing I started Okay. Really what was your first do. spot? Oh, you know, my first spot was probably for uh, Amco. I did, what uh, the fuck was a Amco? Amco, double A-M-C-O. Double A-M-C-O. That's the one. I don't know if that's the right jingle, but it sounds it, right. It could be good. Is that, uh, is that a gas station? It was a car repair, car. muffler repair <laughs> shop, you know, nationwide thing. And I okay. just, all I did was I had to look around the corner and, and go, 
And that was pretty and much do it. one of those reaction shots. But I got paid, so I'll do that every Why day not? to get paid. Uh, so I started doing that, and you know, then they start typecasting you a little bit. I remember the first time I went into an audition in New York City uh, for a commercial. I just met my agents right. that were sending me out. Yeah. I go to this room and I walk in and I go, "Wow, look at all these actors in here. That guy's a, look at that guy. That guy's four hundred pounds. That guy's got crazy hair. That guy is like that. They're a free, this is a freak show." Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, oh, this is my people. These are, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good, though, to have, yeah. I feel like, to. I think character actors have it made. I mean, you may not have that huge, like, A-listy career, uh, even though today I feel like maybe characters have more chance of being A-listy, but you have more longevity, I feel like. I, I mean, think so. You I know, women that are character actors, they're not as fucking worried about their faces changing or aging. That's a delight. No, I think character actors definitely have a, a, a longer yeah. Uh, shelf life. But, you know, that being said, there are roles that you think are character-y, like, you know, whenever they do a production of Little Shop of Horrors. Right. You know, it's like, when the, f the first guy who did Little Shop of Horrors who played it on Broadway was Lee Wilcoff, and he's total character actor. Okay. He's an older character actor. Now, he's actually doing a production in New York now as the older shop owner. Mr. Oh, Bushman. wow, okay. So, but he was the original Seymour, and he's a, you know, character actor. And then they do the movie, and it's Rick Moranis. It's a character actor. Right. And now they do Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, fuck you know? me. Is or he doing Jonathan the show Groff now? No, he did it. Oh, he did the movie. Oh. And then Jonathan Groff in glasses, and they all like, well, these good-looking young men are also <sighs> nerds because you put glasses on yeah, them. Yeah, and they nerds. have a little slump shoulder. And then the character actors go, wait, but... Yeah, that's annoying. But that was my role. Well, that's my lament with all the British actors that come and play Southerners. Mm. You know what I mean? The British invade... Like, I get that... I get... You know, look, I've talked about this a bunch on the podcast, how British actors... Uh, oh, are they more trained? Why are they... You know, there's this weird, like, oh, they're better, they're more trained, they do... They're real actors, they're not somebody off the, the boat from Iowa, even though they don't take a boat from Iowa, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What is this snobbery with this Anglophilia? Yeah. But then I talked to directors, like my friend who directed Game of Thrones, like these these people are hardworking and take the work very, very seriously. But then they, the fact that they still come in and get parts that Americans should be playing pisses me off. What I learned, uh, I was just over in England talking about this very thing, and that what I learned is in the drama schools in England, they teach the American accent, and I know agents over there who will right. not work with somebody unless they can do an excellent American accent. Right. So we don't train that way. We don't learn a British accent in order to go work over oh there. Oh, that's true. Partly because the work over there isn't nearly as lucrative as the work over here. Of course. We don't really want to go over to England and get, you know, uh, some crap money for television work. We right, unless it's here. Broadchurch. That's a good show. That, they're all good shows. They are good shows. But and look at Fleabag now. That that's oh. You know what I mean? These I feel like Fleabag, maybe everyone's like, Oh, okay. They do good shit over there in England. They do great shit, but they don't pay as well. Right, right. Over of there, and here's unless all about it's money. over here. If it yeah. comes over here and goes on Amazon, goes on Netflix, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, whole other yeah. story. HBO. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's beyond. I think it's supposed to be on the accent too. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I find there are a lot of fantastic American actors, but I think that the British actors have this aura of being more trained. Yeah, and or Australians going through the rigmarole too. of theater. And like, Australians you know. are tough. Rough and tumble, and they work harder, too. They work hard, and they can work Not in the true. fields, too. Right. right? The Hemsworths, you throw them in a cornfield, they'll they know what to do. They all know exactly. If you throw them in the outback, yeah. and they can kill a Yeah, Brad Pitt might be able to design a building. Exactly. But he's not going to be, you know, reaping no. corn husks. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's why they cast the Australians. Constantly. Yeah, I know. I know. No, but, what you know, it, it's fine. I, I just think I, I can imagine the frustration. You know, it's weird. I, this whole, like, you know, privilege, there's been a lot of talk about white privilege and this mm -hmm. privilege and that privilege. But I also feel like... Attractive. It's just about the attractive people. They always have the privilege. You know what I mean? Of I any ethnicity. I was remember I was talking to um, an Asian actor, and I'm like, well, if you're hot, 
Like Crazy Rich Asians, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're all hot, but what about having a movie where the Asians are not as attractive? You know, in a lead, that'll be the coup. Why should they do anything different than everybody else? Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, so people like me, as a, you know, and I've had my good days, but I'm pretty average. I'm more potato-like. All right, right. I'm just saying, I'm not like, if I went out to audition for something, I wouldn't be the tits on wheels. Do you know what I totally mean? I'd be the that. weird neighbor that maybe has a liaison with Billy Bob Thornton. You'd be the friend of the tits on wheels. The friend of the, well, the friend of the mom of, of the, the tits, tits on, on wheels. wheels. Yeah, that's You know, be, that right. crazy Aunt Flo or totally whatever. I get that. Um... And so I've probably I would have missed out on a lot of roles. Like I didn't have the privilege of being super fucking attractive. You get my point? I do. Are you get I, my point? I actually okay. am now getting cast as the guy. Uh, the I think I grew this beard about a year ago, and I've been cast mainly as uh, uh, guys who are the creepy older guy who hits on the girl with tits <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> it happened more than a few times, and I'm like, really? How did You're that like start that douchebag in the exactly. bar where you said the bartender walk me to my car. This I'm, guy's looking at me. That's it. I'm the guy who's like, hey, listen. So would you be cast as like the friendly uncle or the possum pedophile uncle? I think it goes uh, I, both. It goes both ways. Yeah, I've, I've been playing, you know, rabbis and Harvey Weinstein. Right, you know, I do right. Both, both sides of the coin. I see a little Harvey there. Do you? No, no, okay. I'm kidding. Oh, that's frightening. I'm kidding. Now, I saw you years ago mm -hmm. in a Woody Ant on Broadway, yep. and you took me backstage, actually. I, I saw did. the stage, which was really exciting for me. Uh, Woody on one X, which were fine. Yeah. They were okay. Well, it was w it was three one X. One was Woody's. Oh, one okay. One was Elaine May, and one was uh, written by Ethan Cohen. Okay. And, uh, were you in the Ethan one? I was in Ethan's and I was in Woody's. Oh wow, right. You did too. Okay, I, did I don't too. remember the, the the long and short of it. But now yeah. you're in Ethan's new play. I am indeed. Which he wrote by himself. So when he writes theater, he doesn't do it with Joel. No, no, he does it by himself, and usually he writes uh, short form. So these are five one act plays. Okay. As opposed to one long evening, it's five different plays over the course of an hour and forty. And how minutes. do they? I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to try and get tickets. Mm -hmm. It's playing till till. I guess this is airing on Sunday. I guess it would have been closed. It's closed. By the time We're we closing aired. today. Oh great. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy. Um, I wonder You'll hear what all the appeal it. is. Does his does his, does his does his plays do his plays? Pardon me. Resemble his screenplays in, in structure and character types. Some ways, yes, they do. I, I do want to be clear that uh, if you're if you're watching this in L.A., it closes on Sunday. Right. But we are going to go back to New York and do it in oh. May. So okay. keep your ears what theater? Open at the Atlantic Theater. Oh, is that yeah. his jam, the Atlantic? Yeah. That well, the director of this particular uh, show who is, is Neil Pepe, who runs the okay. Atlantic Theater. Okay. Amazing. And. Uh, Ethan's done a few uh, evenings of one acts with him before. Okay, and it's going to be the same cast that transfers? Supposedly. Or maybe I can audition for maybe it? Maybe you could. Is there something in it for me? There could be. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Hook yeah. me up with Pepe. Sure. I love it. Neil Hook Pepe. Hook me up with Pepe. Hook me up with Pepe. So do you like, um, do you prefer theater to, to TV and film, or it's all good? Oh, I love doing it all. Okay, good. I, I know, it's always think it's an annoying question. What do you prefer, writing or acting? I'm like, well, you like both. Why can't you like both? You do all of it. I mean, I, I love going to the theater every night. I love the camaraderie of the cast that we have. It's a great group of people. Well, it's good, because if they were assholes, it would be a nightmare, oh, it, right? I've been in that situation, too. Yeah, that too. can't it's be no fun. fun. But going to the theater, being amongst the uh, yeah the, the backstage, and then seeing the crowds that's and amazing. I love that. Is great. However, there's nothing like driving on a lot in L.A. and going yeah, to work. Yeah, it know? is nice too. When you're, you have that name on your parking spot, it's fantastic. I do that, so I just come to a lot and with a sharpie, I just write on <laughs> some, you know, perfect. mark out Chuck Lorre and yeah. put my name in just for a few minutes. That's the way to do it. Just I for a few minutes. I don't care if there's a name on my parking space. I, if there's a name on my costume on the dressing room door right with a piece of tape that's plenty for me do they still have on, on broadway dressing rooms like a star no i haven't seen oh, that in a long time. that would have been fun you know well, what i'm coming to your dressing room maybe door? i haven't seen it because i haven't had a star but maybe there are <laughs> yeah. 
certain well, dressing Well, I gotta say, I was surprised. I went to see Rich Kind mm-hmm. uh, do the producers on Broadway. Oh, yes. And then I went up to his dressing room, and it was so tiny. Yeah. It was like a, I was like, what? This was, because, you know, stars here, you got your fucking trailer, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the star of the show on Broadway. This is what you come back to. It's like this beige carpeting. You could do a CSI light on. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> shady as shit. Tiny mirror. He's like plunked in the corner. Yeah. Why can't they build bigger, just old theaters? Well, they're old theaters because they're protected. They're, they're, uh, landmark. Landmark. Uh, yeah. Historic. So you can't, you can't really build out. You can't really yeah. build a bigger theater. You can't really build new dressing rooms. They are what they are, and, and there's kind of a charm to it, actually. Yeah, is there? Yeah. Now, did you have to audition for this play, or did they did he just know you from his previous, and he offered you the part? Luckily for this one, this was an offer. Oh, um, so you yeah. auditioned the first time around. I did. I auditioned okay. for the first run. Okay, and, then, and he uh, just called you. That's a nice call to get. It's a lovely call, saying, I got this play. I want you to play this part. Can you do it? Okay. He actually said, are you going to do it, or are you going to be a bastard? And well, I that's said, not what it's manipulative like I that. You have to do it. It's the Jewish guilt. I said, why not both? <laughs> Now, at that point, do you tell your agent, don't fuck this up for me, don't negotiate the shit out of this, just take what they're giving, or do you be like, no, you know what? In this situation, there's really no negotiation. It's, when you're doing a, it's an ensemble piece, so they do what's called a favored, favored nations, nations contract. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's getting paid the same, and we all get the same benefits, and okay. just kind of get... You don't have to worry. What about is like the union rate for like a weekly show? It depends like that. on the size of the theater. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. So right now we're in the seven hundred seat theater, and there's one rate. And then when we go back to New York, actually, uh, and is it smaller there? Smaller theater, and we'll get you know we'll get. What is it, like five hundred bucks a week or something? Uh, you're not far off. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, you got to really want to do theater if off well, Broadway it's also because it's like I get it if the theater never makes a profit because I guess the cost of running a theater is so much. But if something like up here, where is it at the at the Amundsen or something? It's at the Tate. Yeah, at right the taper, they're probably selling out, right? Yeah, it's but they're not for profit theaters. Okay, so no okay, one makes fair enough. no one's making pocket okay. any money. It all okay. goes right back into and it really, to be honest, it's not that much money. Yeah, even if you're selling out a theater for yeah. a run, you're not making. Well, it's not money. like in New York where you try and go see a musical and it's two hundred and twenty fucking bucks for a <laughs> ticket. Know. Like then here, it's probably more reasonable. And they still don't pay the actors enough on that's in those sucks. situations too. Well, as comics, that's the thing that you know when I do comedy <coughs> at times, yeah. um, uh, comics usually get paid like twenty five to fifty bucks a set. For 15 minutes or 20 minutes, if yep. you're hosting, get more. And these people are making bank. So that to me right. is the biggest. That's the biggest money. discrepancy. Yeah. But again, if you go do a corporate gig or if these comics go on the road, that's where they make their money. Right. But there is, I feel like, in New York or in L.A., yeah. there nobody's paying. I just did no. a, a, another spot in some club, and th- it was free. And all the comics were doing it for free because they wanted to work out material. But right. it's like, guys. The other, but the other thing about New York, especially, is, and they talk about this with theater a lot. Is it is not cheap to to operate a theater. I know. Well, the union rules, right? You well, got to hire all these union people. It's not just the union people. It's also the location, location, location. Right. The rent on these places, on these properties, and the and the and the uh, you know the monthly nut just to operate a theater, yeah. have a theater in in it's place. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the and people don't make money on theater very often. No, you that's what people are lunatics to invest in theater. Well, yeah, you hear these shows that are big hits, Hamilton. Yeah, <clears throat> it still takes you know two years of performances to even recoup Break. the original investment. Well, how many shows they invest like Spider Man or whatever, where they put millions in and then when a week it's closed, they that don't even give it a chance to recoup. Well, right? that happens more yeah. often than not because they're losing money every week. I think in London, I think it's probably cheaper to mount theater. Don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I have a feeling those Brits. We're going back on the Brits. I'm sorry. I have a little. I'm You're a little, a little bit obsessed. of a Brit. Well, I think that one other point <laughs> I wanted to make on the Brits, just to kind of wrap that part mm-hmm. of the conversation up. Is that the difference between England and here is that in England, the theater actors are also film and TV actors. Right. And here there's this weird dichotomy. Oh, he's he's a New York theater actor. Right. Oh, he's an L.A. TV actor. Like there's right. a, you know, they look down a little bit on the L.A. TV and 
film people. Certain, well, unless they can make them money in New York, unless they mm-hmm. can bring in an audience. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's, also, it's all under one union in, in England as well. Yeah, we have separate unions for these things. It's just actors in general. But then again, doing television in, in England and doing uh, theater in England, are the, the pay discrepancy is not that it's big. The same, right, so I get 20 bucks a show here, 20 <coughs> bucks a show there. Something like that, yeah. I hear you. I think I'm going to Edinburgh. I want to bring a show to Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh. It's so fun, isn't but it? But I'll tell you, it's like urban camping in there, man. I know, Have it's pretty. Been? Yeah, you I been? did. I went yeah. years ago. Yeah. It was fun. I got laid a lot. That's good. Because you just meet a lot of drunk actors. That's You know, and they're like, and there's a term in uh, the Brits called pull. I pulled. You pulled. That's when you mean you get laid. You, you pulled. I'm like, <laughs> I pulled a muscle? No, I pulled me some. Di- anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful place, but it is, uh, in August, it's like all seasons. It yeah. Could be, it could be 40 degrees one minute. And I then, know. And, then and the Scots are not. A healthy looking people. The Scottish. They look a little pallid. They little are the pallid. booze they don't and, get a lot the, of and the beef. You know and what I mean? They're not fit. They're not wearing Lululemon, which I like. Like right. I'm like hot there. Right. I'm, when I go there, I'm like a hot piece of meat. I was amazed at how few people You're supposed carry to agree umbrellas. when I make that statement. Oh, I, I did yeah, okay. nod. No, I, there was no I nod. I thought it was an implicit there agreement. There was no. <laughs> I just there go was right no with nod. You. you just kept going. Well, like, we already talked about You're how right. you pulled, so You're I just right. assumed everybody was kind of. Look at me. The people have low standards. You know, you never. I don't care, pallid or not pallid. I'll take them. <laughs> take them as they come. <laughs> oh, man. What, what is this show about? Oh, uh, What's it called? It's Ethan called Ethan A Play is a Poem. Okay. And it's just a series of one acts. And if you ask Ethan uh, why these five plays go together, he'll say, I just like them. So well, that's what you really can do no when you're Ethan fucking Cohen. Exactly. The one thing that ties the plays together, and not, not even yeah. thematically, is uh, there's a, an artist named Nellie McKay. I don't know if you know Nellie. I don't sounds familiar you've seen her years ago she was doing a lot of stuff and she's still been busy and um she is a musician and she plays music in between every oh that's cool oh nelly mckay yeah i know the fuck she is i'm gonna put my feet on the table is that okay i'm I'm not gonna complain i feel like i'm nice and smooth very nice um i wax too i wax (coughs) my uh, my hoo-ha yeah which is great the first couple of days but then when it starts growing in i I do that a little bit and i'm walking down the streets like as if i if i had testicles it'd be fine but as a woman, people are looking at me like, yeah. I have scabies. I've had to shave my body hairs every once in a while. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You shave? I've had to. For what? For a roll or just yeah. for like personal oh, for hygiene? Well, sometimes for, you know, a medical thing. I had to like yeah, they yeah, put yeah. stuff on. You have to shave yeah, here. And then yeah. it grows back. It itches. That hurts. And then other things like I did an episode of um, Grey's Anatomy where okay. they had to do a kind of a green screen thing of my leg because my <laughs> leg was all messed up. Oh. And so they had to shave parts of my leg. Oh, wow. So Shaving. I always wax. I never shave. Uh, I Remember like Nair? I don't know. Never. No, but I remember the product. Oh, I remember Nair. Nair. Yep. Yeah, I remember. I was there like, was what is Nair that, like formaldehyde? Like, what do you put on Nair, like, Agent Nair, Orange? Nair and Neat. Wait, neat. The other one? Oh, neat my God, Nair. you know the other, the, count, uh, the, the, op- the opposing product. I watched product. a lot of commercials when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the hottest thing. you got like a, a woman pretending to shave and then using Neat, and you're like, I just came. Uh, I think was, I just was ejaculated. Enough. I was 12 years old, and it was perfect. Oh, my Lord. Now, yeah. you are married? I'm not married, no. Oh, Divorced? I was never married. Okay. Uh, but I, I do have a, uh, a child and uh, a, a mother of the child that I'm no longer with. Okay. And, so and then okay. I have a, a, a long-term partner. Partner. Yeah. Uh, man or woman? Woman. Woman. Okay. You said partner. I no, didn't know. No, no. Okay. And does she have kids from a previous relationship? No. No. Okay. She is childless. Childless. So the child two of us. Childful. You know what she I mean? Is, she yeah. is youthful Ch- and childless. Childless enabled. Exactly. I'm just trying to give the most, you know what I mean? I'm tired of people having this weird negative connotation, oh, well childless. She, she is not a negative connotation. It was not her. No, no, no. I know. She didn't yeah, want it. Okay. Want it. So Perfect. Yeah. So uh, that's been a long relationship. How long have you been together? 10, uh, 15 years? 13. 13 years. Almost 14 And years. how old is your son, daughter? 
He's 17. Oh, wow. So she's you've been with her since he was a tot. He was, yeah. Yeah. Was it sticky at first? Like, you're not my mom? No, no, no. He was never like that. She was never really uh, interested in being maternal with him. So okay, good. Like so she's like, I'm not out. the nurturing type. There Go was, to town. There was never a question about who was his mom, and, okay. who, and that was fine. And he actually really enjoyed having her around. So she's more of a buddy. Well, early on, it was just kind of like, Here, here's another person that's in my yeah. family, and here's somebody else that, that that's my amazing. dad's with, and it was yeah. all very easy. Did you jump into that relationship fairly quickly after you split up with the mom? Yeah, it wasn't planned that way, but that's okay, what happened. Okay, that's what happened. There's no overlap. It just happened. You guys no. parted. Okay. No. Did you, part of you wish, like, oh, I wish she would also be more maternal? It didn't bother you at the time. You were Early happy. Early did. Early did. You wanted it a little more. Okay. Well, that's natural, I think. Sure, but then you start to recognize people are people, and if you love someone for who they are, it's like yeah. I, I found myself in the middle of that relationship a lot because as he got older, it wasn't um, you're not my mom, yeah. but there was a lot of, uh, you know, we're in a house where it doesn't feel familial, suddenly yes, the three of yes. us living together. So there would be two people in different rooms and me in the middle. And you'd have and to have this dynamic and that dynamic. And then I, s and I thought I was in the middle of it. And then right. I realized I was not in the middle of it. I was just part of the triangle. So okay. I didn't have to worry about that triangle as much as. That's true. There wouldn't parts. be a lot of sticky dynamics. I mean, with anything yeah. that comes intimacy comes a lot of sticky shit. Yeah. And okay. she's, she's actually really a great partner to have because in a couple of ways, uh, I think that for him, it's a, a woman in his life that does not dote on him. <laughs> right. Know? Oh, that's interesting. Which is great. Somebody who's like, yeah, listen. Deprivation is the best. Affection deprivation is how I use it. It's kind of like, listen, I'm here with you, and I'll be here, and I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah. an adult, Yeah. but I'm not a pushover for you like right you know, other women who might be in your family. And the other part of it is that she has an objective pers uh, perspective on raising a kid. Yeah. She's not attached to him in that way. So when I'm struggling raising and struggling she'll say well look at it this way okay maybe you can help this way and so it's been does great. she intervene only when you ask or does she pipe in when you're like honey this is my bag like please take a step back <laughs> i think she's learned to wait okay <laughs> <laughs> no because it's like you can't have it both ways you know what i mean you can't be disengaged and like pipe in with your two cents you're like no no no, no. you got to kind of know your boundaries I, i'll know when she doesn't approve of something i'm doing right but, no, that's funny but she won't actually say anything until i go all right Tell me, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, tell yeah. me what you think I should do here. Um, does he want to be an actor? No. Okay, well, thank God for that, right? Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, well, I really not. don't care. Honestly, when he started looking into, he's interested in biology and, and politics at the moment. That's always a nice combination. Yeah, well, it, when you put them together, they overlap in this area of, of public health, mm, global health. Yeah. So he's got an interest in that right now. Who knows? He's just starting to, yeah, he's, he's in senior year. We don't know. But that's where his focus is. And uh, I remember when he started looking into schools i was like oh gosh does he really want to do it i don't know can he right. succeed at this right. and i'm like oh this is what people sound like when they talk to me about their kid being an actor yes i'm like yes. oh right i should just do it by advice because if he wanted to be an actor i know exactly what to say i know right here's what you do here's how you set it up okay let me help you connect to that yeah here's what you want to look for in a school no but i can't you so can't. i have him outside of it like it's his. Yeah, it is his. It. He's got to make his own fucking mistakes. He does. I don't give my kids any fucking advice. So I'm like, you stumble. Well, you got a lot of kids. I do have a lot of kids to manage. You're I right. I mean and they just give each other advice now. Yeah. What is, what is the age range here? I mean, it's like two to about, yeah, 20. I mean, I lose track. Yeah. Two to 20, 22. Yeah. If I tell the real age, they'll know how old I am. So I just kind of keep them eternally oh, 20. Because yeah. if I said I have a 30 year old, you'd be like, okay, Ray. Well, I wouldn't believe Either it. you were, th oh, see, I love you right there you now. Go. See, but so that's what's, you know. So, so when you, uh, as you raise the kids, does your uh, parenting get, uh, skills get honed as they go down the line? I Do think I've always been a magnificent parent. Mm -hmm. um, I think I really have to cater it to each. You know, certain kids that certain certain kids of mine 
are biologically mine because I was the egg donor. Right. Certain of them are just like one-night stands or things I thought were a relationship that fizzled out after nine minutes. And right. some of them were just an embryo that they implanted and that people backed out. Oh, so you've got a real genetic mix. I have a nice mix, um, but it's also interesting how I relate to certain kids. I thought initially that I'd feel more connected to the kids I have a genetic connection to, sure, right? Yeah, it's that naturally. primal thing. Yeah. But no, All I mean them. them I, I think I resent more. You know, like oh fuck, you have that tick that I do, or you have that thing that I do. You yeah. know what I mean? The other ones, they're more, they're just better looking right. than the ones that came out of me directly. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? There's some interesting mixes. They're like half Filipino, half yeah. Irish. Like some of this stuff is fucking amazing when yeah, you get yeah. nice mixes of people together sure. copulating. Um, but I think I, I just go by their. Per I try and see them as people, as individuals. Right. And not a, as a narcissist. I hate narcissistic parenting yep. where, you know, your ego is ruling how disappointed you are in the kid or how proud you are of the kid because it's a reflection of your parenting. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's like, how about, you know what I mean? I give them shit when they fail. I give them shit when they do well. I just give them shit in general so then they know how to be prepared for life because all they're going to get is negative shit. So then it can only, it's like the Russians. You know, I think they do that too. The Russians think life is suffering. Yep. And then they don't bitch and moan. They're not addicted to being happy. We will work, Masha. You will work. You know we what I mean? Yes, exactly. exactly. So I feel like if you're prepared that life's going to be shit, yep. everything is a blessing. Everything is gravy. You know, yeah. like yesterday I bought a new knife set, yeah. as you do, as on a Monday. Yeah. And I sliced, I was chopping onions, trying mm -hmm. to cook for the, and I sliced my finger up pretty deep. It might need mm -hmm. stitches. And it wouldn't stop bleeding. But instead of saying, oh, no, woe is me, I said, I could. luckily my finger's still connected. Right. That's what life is Can like. Can we get psychological here for a minute? Please. I just heard this in a psychological podcast. Okay. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. It said the different, there's really no discernible difference in the happiness you feel when you get what you want and things make you happy mm -hmm. as to what your brain does for you when you get the opposite. And your brain has this way of the cognitive dissonance. Well, when you go, okay, I didn't get that role, or I didn't. The right. relationship broke up. Eventually, your brain chemistry kicks in and goes, you know, but it's going to be for the best. Eventually, you start recovering from it, and the happiness you feel recovering from it is qualitatively no different than the happiness you feel if you got what you wanted. That's interesting. Well, I, I think that's that a tough cool. statement to make, just from a neuro neuro neuroscientist perspective because i feel i feel like are you a neuroscientist no but i, I dabble okay. i dabble right. but i feel like our ability um the 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 scripts we have in our head mm -hmm. that's that's what people go to therapy for right how sure. to improve the scripts you have in your head because right. it really is a choice happiness is a choice sure and it really is about that cognitive dissonance like i didn't want him anyway right or i can't have kids i didn't want kids anyway you know whatever right. it is it's that ability to recoup and recover and not right. wallow in misery. Right. But I think the childhood shit and the scars are what disable our ability right. to have these scripts. It's because if our parents were negative, you know right. what I mean? I had a fucked up childhood or right. I didn't get validated or self-esteem issues. Right. I will not know how to do that self-talk that's right. helpful. And I think that most people try and find that validation or talk elsewhere on outside of themselves, and that's where the struggle begins, sure. right? But I think the baseline is that people freak out in this country if they are not happy. If they don't have that internal, everything's okay, they freak out. And then they get on the antidepressants and they get on, mm. you know, or the self-medicating or the booze or whatever it is. Yeah, right. And if they don't have that community support system or whatever, then things kind of go downhill. But I think another, and I hate to say Russia just because I feel like, you know, I feel like, I don't know why. I've never yeah. been to Russia, but I just feel like this is what's like in Russia. It seems to be in the news a lot. It, that's true. Well, yeah, but Ukraine, Russia, same, same fucking difference. Well, uh, yeah, Russia, too. Ukraine, all, yeah, it's all sure, like it's one all mix. There. It's all mega mix. But I feel like in certain countries that have um, gone through hardship as a as a whole or their daily life is a struggle and mm -hmm. it's not abundance to begin with, then their standard is much lower 
And so everything. The Scottish, for example. The Scottish, exactly. <laughs> if you're starting out with like a pallid, rotund If you're sitting physique, there it, where it rains and it's cold every, every single day. Every fucking day. So a little bit of sunlight, <clears> you you literally ejaculate all over the place. I think they do, actually. Emotionally. Well, I think that's what happened to you. That's what <laughs> That's kid number four, <laughs> nine, and 13. <laughs> But I do think it's a part of uh, the curse of the culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, who I've been. what's sad to me and also stimulating is the fact that I've been listening to Russell Brand now for, like, tips. You know, he's wow. gotten very, you know, he's gotten very, like, hippy-dippy guru, and he wears these V-neck shirts. If you Google, I know Google him right now. I know he is. You know him on Instagram. He wear, he's got nice chest hair. He's yep. a sexy guy, but very self-aware. Yeah. He's like, look how swaggery I am. Yeah, yeah. Always wears a V-neck shirt with the chest hair puffing out a bit. Got like to do tufts. that. Well, <coughs> I try not to. Well, dude, no, but he does it all the way down. It's like oh a yeah. Beyond, not, not the Beyonce, the J-Lo dress, the right? J-Lo the dress. V-neck, the Versace yep. dress. And he's got all those, like, you know, those, what do you call them? Not platitudes, but that hippy-dippy, like, those oh, sayings. Oh, he's done a lot of self Work. Self-work, love yeah. yourself, because any guy who was a big addict, I guess, right? He was a big addict he at was, some point. He was, indeed. So when they come into recovery, it's like they've reawakened and they want to share it with everybody, which is fine. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. It seemed I don't like know a either, but it was, it was a nice, uh, you know, we got deep there for a minute. We did get deep, but also the imagery. The yeah. imagery was nice of Russell. Uh, he comes up on my Instagram feed. Is that right? He does. He does. Yeah, I, I, I don't I even listen to it. I just look at him going... Bubba Dunn, he's talking to like Yuval Harari, who's a big um, neuro, you know, uh, historical guy that I've been yeah. reading his books uh, mm-hmm. about the beginning of the world and the demise of humanity. Can't um, wait. And then probably talking to Pema Chodron, who I love, who's a big Buddhist monk sure, thinker. So Chodron. you know Pema. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pema. I don't know Pema. No, you don't know. I you know don't hang out and grab Tibetan beverages with Pema. No, um, I wouldn't even know what that was. But being in L.A. is interesting because the. Uh, you really have no excuse because the weather is always fucking good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you have no excuse to be complaining about that shit because in New well, York, that's a big part of the explain, dynamic, so right? This is another thing is, you know, some of the most unhappy people in the world are the people with the most money a yes. lot of the time because yes. that's not what it's about. And it, it, and they feel guilty about not feeling good happy. on yeah. the inside. So when people are out here and not feeling happy, they it's even worse. It is, because in New York, yeah. you're like, well, it's cold and it's hard and my apartment's expensive yeah. and I'm auditioning for 64 shows a day that yeah. pay $2 a night and I'm yep. a rocket. Whatever. Yep. I got yep. knee problems. Mm-hmm. I got hip problems. I'm going down Prince's Road. You know what I mean? On yep. Oxycontin. But here, it's like, okay. But, you know, I got to tell you, the homeless situation here has gotten insane. Hasn't it, though? It's. Cr- I mean, I see tents now where I never saw tents before. You don't see tents here, though. Beverly Hills, I don't see tents. If the metro gets out this way, you'll see them. Okay. I mean, I think it really I hope they get spread out more. I still well. have resentment towards very wealthy people. I can't help it. I don't blame you. I can't help it. I can't. I can't. Even though if even if they're philanthropists. People that give out money. That's the ones. Um, you yeah. think people give out as much money if it wasn't tax deductible? Uh, probably not, but I don't even know if that's really, I, I think they probably, this country does do a lot of charity work. I think the so. The problem is the, the, the charity work drives public uh, uh, policy. Hmm. You know, you get these people like, I am going to solve the Flint water crisis by giving all this money because right. the government won't. And I feel like, you know what, pay your taxes, then the government will. Do <laughs> you, you know? think so, though? Absolutely. Huh. That's an Absolutely. interesting perspective. Well, I think, yeah, the tax rate. I mean, yeah, we've been, I talked about this with uh, Kurt Anderson who was here on Fantasyland and how this country is founded by people that are looking out for themselves. Sure. And it still has that that ethos, it you sure know, this does. whole idea of, of like, let's pay more so everybody can bend. Let's take care of each other. Let's give each other a safety net. Well, socialism has become a very dirty word, even dirty though word. everybody is, you know, whether it's corn subsidies yeah. or Social Security, you know, yeah. we, we all or, or, you know, funding the fire department for everybody's benefit. We we are we do have socialist policies in this country because we all do want to live in a certain 
way in a yeah. certain way together and that's how it works the problem is we don't extend that to you know um Healthcare and things right, like well that. Well, the basic, like yeah. let's be healthy. Are you okay? Are you comfortable? Yeah, I, I feel like the chair is starting to starting to. It's like, starting to uh, yeah, irk you. How's the coffee? I Notice how better. I gave him a Dixie fucking cup. Yeah. And I got the shishi ceramic mug. I think I'm allergic to this mic. I'm gonna sneeze. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, bless sorry. you. I hope that wasn't. I might have to edit that out. If it blew out the mic. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. My allergies here in Los Angeles are not good. Is that right? It's. I think it's the combination of. Fume, silicone from the fake tits, and, and the, you know the restylane and the and depression. Yep. <laughs> depression will make anybody sneeze. <laughs> um, so wait, I asked you what this play was about, but yeah, we yeah. never got to it. Yeah, the play is uh, it's five one acts. They're very different, and they're very specific worlds that you're going into, which are very much like Coen Brother worlds. Okay. You know? The first scene takes place in uh, in in you know in a very backwoods Appalachian. I like thing. that. Very very oh brother, where art thou? Okay. Yeah. Mentality. George Clooney in this. He's not. Did he come see the show? No, but Brad Pitt did. What? Yeah, he was there opening night. Fuck me. Josh Brolin was Francis was there. Was there? Francis was there. Oh my god. Yeah, and uh, uh, just you know, did you Ali meet Wong these guys? There. Did not. But okay, we that's a travesty. But they, uh, John Goodman was there. They all laughed. Oh. I mean, I hope they. You laughed. You could hear Brad laugh. I don't know. I What's heard everybody Brad's laugh. laugh like? Oh, it's like it's like angels' wings. Oh Jesus! It's really I think unbelievable. I got aroused. <laughs> oh my God! He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got to be like it's a. Be a <laughs> <laughs> I can't see him ever <laughs> really <laughs> losing control, making a funny, <laughs> weird face. Yeah, oh it's kind of got to be like. <laughs> yeah, right. It's more <laughs> that. It's when, like when Hollywood people yeah. say, "Oh, that's funny." They don't laugh. They go, "Oh, that's funny." Oh, that's funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was my episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Was complaining that my wife uh, said "lol" when she thought something was funny. Oh wow! I'm supposed to actually laughing. I think people do that. Just "lol," "lol." That was Maggie Wheeler. Brilliant actress. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, s that's the first one. The second one takes is very film noir, Ooh. which is really fun, but just kind of old school, chippy language. Okay, you know, um, zippy, very, zippy, very, chippy. very zippy language. You know, um, and then in a detective agency. Okay. The third one takes place in Natchez, Mississippi, in nineteen fifteen. Okay. I, I love that. So it's very, very turn of the century. Okay. Uh, wow. Fourth one is very honeymooners. So, so it takes do they place change the sets every time? Yeah, I mean minimally. Okay, because that's like a lot of stage stuff. This is where Nellie McKay comes in and distracts you oh, with beautiful tunes while beautiful the sets being changed. Mellifluous voice. Mellifluous voice that she has. Uh, plays various instruments, you know, uh, ukuleles and, and oh wow, piano she's like a one one person show marimba. there. Yeah, she. Oh, sometimes I feel like. We're basically supporting her. Yeah, it's a con. It's a Nellie McKay concert, <laughs> and we just we just make you laugh while she changes wigs. Pepper, pepper in some actors. She's pretty amazing. Does he change shit once it starts? Like he reworked yeah. it because some stuff didn't work well. Yeah, he'll rewrite. He'll rewrite. You know, especially uh, jokes. Okay. If things are funny. He'll twist them. He'll change a word, add a syllable, and he's very open to collaborating on that. I oh, noticed. that's cool. That's important. Yeah. He doesn't I'm have a big ego. He doesn't at all, no. At all. And uh, I remember saying to him after the first preview, I said, you know what I realized after this first preview? What's funny about this play is the words. <laughs> and he said, I was thinking, thank God for the actors. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> so cute. he's very sweet. Oh, and is Neil Pepe a good director? <laughs> yeah, he's great. Did he ever get angry at anybody? No. So it's not that. Who's like the biggest name in the show? 
Well, if there's a big name in the show, I would say there's a few. I mean, it's very New York actor Okay, based. okay. Uh, but there are people who've worked a bunch. Uh, Joey Slotnick, who's been on a lot of television. I know Joey. Over the years. Yeah. yeah Joey's terrific. And uh, Saul Rubinek, who okay. has been in, he was in The Unforgiven, and he was on Frasier. And yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, I, I know. I have a face to the name. Uh, let's see. Other other big name. Max Casella from Doogie Howser days back in the day. Oh, I don't know who he is. You okay. recognize okay. him. You totally. And he's okay. very good in the show. Uh, and then just a bunch of other people. Others of that people are not important, not worth the mention. Oh no, they're I'm all kidding, they're I'm all kidding. wonderful people, but I don't think there's anybody that would jump out as somebody you recognize. Right, right. So it's an it's a very ensemble cast. I love that. Uh, many not like play Nicole Kidman making a cameo uh, and distracting Nicole. everybody. Yeah. Could you th- maybe she could come in and do that in this play. Maybe just be nude. Be nice. Just take a walk on ride that like exactly. the blue. What was it? The blue something that she did on Broadway. Yes, and I can't the remember. The LaRonde, LaRonde or something that uh, they ended yeah. up adapting. Look at me with the theater knowledge. You are coming in. It's uh, kind of uh, shocking, did you actually. Spend, do you see a lot of Broadway? I like Broadway. I, d- I hate. I, I don't want to say I hate musicals. I do like certain musicals. Yeah. Are you a musical theater person? I have done musical okay. theater. Can you sing a little ditty for me? I, I can't at the moment because I'm just getting ra- <coughs> not enough coffee yet. Oh, man. Just like a couple of notes just so I can hear that you're not lying. Toledo Surprise. That was what I did on Broadway. I oh, wow. That. Toledo Surprise. Yeah, that was from uh, The Drowsy Chaperone. Okay. Okay. I don't. I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. Well, that was a fun show. That okay. was a really smart. So you were show. on Broadway. You've been on Broadway a lot. You probably would like that show. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I like the name of Very it. Very funny. It sounds like a rape about to happen. The drowsy mm, chaperone. Kind of. You know, you're out and about with your chaperone, and they they, they knock zonk out, and then you get, you know, whatever. Wow, man. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're flashing <laughs> back again. Um, no, the drowsy chaperone was a great musical. Uh, that was kind of a musical within a musical. Oh, I like that. And. Uh, the Drowsy Chaperone was supposedly the name of this musical from the 20s uh, with a madcap twist and a oh crazy boy. cast of characters. And this, the show is a, a, a man in New York who's playing this album for you because okay. he loves it so much. Okay. And as he plays it for you on his little turntable, it comes alive in his apartment. And That's it's so fun. Lovely. What a fun premise. Did they oh, ever make fantastic. a movie out of it? They were going to make a movie they out should. of it. They uh, should. They uh, on Broadway. One of the writers, a guy named Bob Martin, played the lead role okay. as the man. But it also included uh, Sutton Foster was in the cast. Oh, she she's well known. She was fantastic. She's well known. Yeah. She became well known. Uh, she was already well known before that, but she became really well known. She's the after one that. who's supposed to be playing a twenty-year-old, and she's like in her forties. And younger, yes, yes. That's fucking ridiculous. I'm <laughs> sorry. You look at her, and I'm like, come on. Is anyone really buying that shit? Well, she is super talented, and so I, if it was going to be anybody, it would be okay, her. Okay, fine. I'm sure as long as she's nice too. I like oh, people to great. be nice. The whole cast and that, everybody in that cast. I was always fantastic. wonder if Patty Lapone is nice, or she's just a classic diva. Is she alive? Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't know. Certain, certain. I think the older generation of like divas, I feel like they're divas. Uh, they, she might be, but it's worked for her. Good you for know? her. I've I met Catherine Hepburn her. once, and she was a see you next Tuesday to me. Was she really? Oh my God! Uh, she literally said, "Get out of my way!" Like literally said that to me. Well, in that voice. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, she's like, "Get out of my That's way!" And I was just a child. I was excited. They were shooting something near where we were, and I went in to Get say hello, and I snuck on set, and I just kind of stood behind her. And I was a kid. Yeah. Get out of my way. I think she said, you child. I think she tapped on you child. That Get out of my way, you child. I'm Sorry, I'm shaking my head, but that's what she was that's doing at the time. That's what she was doing, I'm sure. And I just went to the craft services and snacked. Well, but I was depressed. Do it. Well, see, that's what you do. It's, you, yeah, you, it's you Catherine binge Hepburn. You, uh, Be nice. Yeah, when you're de- depression eating after Catherine yeah. Hepburn. Yeah. You have yeah. to do it. You it's always hard when people that, you know, people that uh, you idolize are not nice. Mm-hmm. I met um, I met Sam Shepard twice. Yeah. I was in New York. I, I travel a lot. 
you know, clients and stuff. And mm -hmm. I met him once at, at a bar, and he was lovely. And we chatted, mm -hmm. and we had a nice rapport. Mm. And then another time I saw him, and he was having dinner with Jessica. Mm -hmm. And I approached the table and said, Mr. Shepherd, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was just not nice. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had to share that. Because well, it affects me. Because you're like, I get that you don't want to be bothered, but it's not like I'm sitting down at dinner with you. I don't know that I've ever had, hmm, have I ever had an experience with a celebrity that I really idolized that was disappointing? I don't think so. Working with Woody Allen was fascinating, actually. Yeah? yeah. He called my friend retarded. Yeah, I know who that you is. You know who Annabelle wrote a book about it. Yeah, I know. I was I was in her book. In Fired? Yeah, I was yeah. in Fired. I, had I mean, that killed me. I get very angry when people use terms like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm just directly experienced. Yeah. I've heard lots of stories. Okay. Uh, but my direct experience with it was not bad, but it wasn't warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, he, he was involved very much with the play that you right, saw on Broadway. Right. So. He didn't direct it officially, but he was there an awful lot. Okay. And, and he spoke to you directly? Yeah, very okay. often. Did he make eye contact? Yeah, he did. Okay. Did Not ever like smile? during the auditions, no. But okay. In, in, uh, smile, sure. I, I would see him laugh at his own stuff especially. Okay. Um, but I saw him be mean to people in a way that was oh. not harsh but dismissive. And I didn't like that, and there were friends of mine involved with yeah, that. Yeah, it's not cool. cool. But he was, uh, I didn't have a lot to do in his place, so I mostly got ignored. Okay. Uh, which is fine with me in that situation. I think it's intimidating getting mm. talked to by Woody Allen. I did say to him at one point in rehearsal, I said, you know, I... I his said, you fuck your daughter? I did say that, <laughs> and he did no response. No, he said, um, he said... Uh, there's two things about the show. He kept saying, "There's no, there's no jokes. It's just subtext. There's no subtext. It's just jokes. It's just jokes. No like subtext." Like Shakespeare, right? And then he'd say, um, "If you say the word, the the words correctly, oh boy, and loudly, so they hear you, you'll get a laugh every time." Oh, and what so, a fucking! <clears throat> I mean, so I went to him at one point and ugh. I said, "I don't know why I'm not getting a laugh on this line." And he said, "Well, you're saying it loudly and you're saying it correctly." I'll rewrite the line, and he did. Well, Mazel Tov to him yeah. for knowing that it's also the writer sometimes that has sometimes to tweet. Sometimes it is, but he did say to other people, um, "You're missing a nuance in that joke. I can't explain what it is, but um, if uh, if I was up on stage doing it, I I would get a laugh." Oh my go, God! I would want to smack how do him. You, how do you respond to that? So well, he would be a terrible uh, stage director. I wonder if with film, yeah. I think he doesn't really talk to the actors too he much, doesn't. right? Which was crazy because he talked to us all the time, and the notes he gave us were not helpful. No, but it sounds um, like the worst notes you. What can he give. wanted was he wanted a film performance. He wanted everything done and in the can and the same every night. But of course, if you're in an audience, he'll he'd give notes. After he didn't want to respond to the fact that there's a vibrant live audience that also dictates how the show's going to totally. progress. So That's all exciting part of theater. So when he said. You know, you didn't get a laugh on that line tonight. You didn't get that right. And you're like, well, somebody coughed. Well, yeah, exactly. I said it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He didn't get that. He doesn't laugh. get like, that. It was like food yeah, what a for yuts. him. I'm surprised because yeah. you feel like someone who's had such a body of work. But again, he did, you know, stoop his daughter or whatever, right? Maybe. Or molest. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. Now I you're like, I'm not touching I'm not that. Touching. I'm not getting on there. No, okay. Fine. We'll move away from that. But yep. I'm just saying, it's some certain people that have a certain skill set, but then don't the lack the emotional intelligence or awareness. In another way, surprising. Because certain people that write profound material, you're like, yeah. okay, but then other parts of their life, you're like, are you fucking kidding right, me? Right, exactly. Are you so clueless? Are you a child? Are you on the, you know, are you maybe on the spectrum? Yeah, exactly. In the no, but I mean that not in a derogatory way, but in like, you know, the well, you're savant in some way, and then you're like, you have no idea that an audience is alive as the fourth character, you know, that that, that is a, a being in the show? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not everybody's as enlightened as you. You know what? Yeah. You're right, and it's challenging to be around other people. It must be very hard for you. It is. Maybe you need to work on that. I work on a lot of shit. I, bet I have you a do. new therapist. 
Um, oh, look, something was up. This is, is this a 1-800-818 again? Oh, my God, it's fucking 818. Oh, my God, somebody in the Valley wants Stalker. to talk to you. Maybe it's a Bumble date. Maybe it's an ex. I don't know. Um, I've been on, I do the online dating all the time. Is that right? Oh, you know what this is? I know what this is. It's a, I'm trying to get a security system in my, figure out my Airbnb situation. I want to get a little more security in there. Well, sure. You know, if I can. You know. You know what I mean? But everything totally. here's so laid back, the Airbnb community. Yeah. They're like, you're fine. You're no one fine. else is complaining. I got, I'm a super host. I'm I like, what the fuck does that mean you're a super host? <laughs> you, know, you know what that is? It's a super yeah, host. Yeah, you're a, a super host. Fix the lock on the door. Yeah, it's a rating you get from a bunch I of other know. idiots that don't know any better. I, I don't care that Pedro from, from fucking Barcelona liked your place. Maybe yeah. they don't need security in Barcelona. Yeah, they're just happy to have a bed. <laughs> That's exactly right. Sometimes they just rent out the bed. Mm. I keep having a shift. When I drink, see that? Yes, it's I know. Yeah, because you always drink into the microphone. Yes. What um, what was your most uh, what was your most challenging role that intimidated you when you got it and felt like a stretch, or have you have you felt for the most part that for TV and film it's like you can kind of phone it in because it's like pretty much cake for you? No, phoning in is not. I don't really mean that like you did a good job. I just mean like it's not like I'm gonna have to. Usually really the characters are in my wheelhouse. That's where I get okay. cast in them. Every okay. once in a while, I will get thrown a character that I'm like, wow, this is not gonna be easy. Like I just did a film. Well, there were two things this year. One was uh, 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 this this new Amazon series called The Hunt. Ooh, uh, it sounds is, dark. Oh, it is. It's uh, it's Al Pacino's the the <gasps> lead in this thing, okay. and it's about. It takes place in the. 70s and it's about nazi hunters in the 70s oh wow holocaust. they go to argentina no it's holocaust survivors in new york city because the government actually brought nazis over here and changed their names the they turned a blind eye to nazis coming to this country because they needed the skill sets of these you know there were there were what skill sets slaughtering humans and you know, jews and gypsies and, and people and they turned a blind eye to it a little bit and then holocaust survivors would be walking down the street going I know who that is. Are you kidding me? No, nope, it's true. How and did so this never come? Well, it came it out before I wasn't aware? It was out there. And so in this story, it's about a group of Holocaust survivors who um, are finding these people. And Wow. Is it Al Pacino plays a Nazi hunter. He does. In Miami and in New York. And uh, it's also Saul Rubinek is also in that. And okay. uh, Carol Kane and Judd Hirsch. And what's your and role? I play I played a rabbi for a couple of days, okay. which is not which is totally in my wheelhouse. <laughs> but uh, they gave me um, uh, originally they said you're gonna do you're gonna be up there doing the mourner's cottage, which if you've ever gone to a temple, oh, for more than it makes twice, me cry that you, shit. You, but you know it, yeah, you know exactly yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Then they called me like two days before and said, "Oh, we were wrong. That's not the prayer you should be doing at this point." So they gave me this other prayer. Oh and no. I don't speak Hebrew. I don't know if you do, but right. I don't speak right. Hebrew. I do not. And uh, I had to not only learn this prayer phonetically, I can read it a little bit, you know, phonetically. Right, right, right. And then I had to learn this, the 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 tune to it, and then get it right every time. And that oh, was wow, that's that was hard. a lot of work for that. Yeah. But that, then the other thing was a. Um, I played a doctor on a on a show with with Nicole Kidman actually. Oh, and I I don't think it was hard for me to work up playing a doctor. Yeah, but it was a dramatic moment, and I had to work one on one with Nicole Kidman, yeah. who's a very dramatic actress. Is yes, and so she was great, and I was she was very right. generous with me. Right. So I you know nothing is Nicole, but uh, there was this kind of like oh wow you better 
you better step up your game yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's intimidating. Is, you're getting the camera this close to you, Fuck. and you're having to deal with somebody oh. who is like very in character and very intense. Yeah, about what and she's she can't doing. move her face these days, so the intensity's oh. right in the eyes there. She's, she's pretty amazing. No, what I'm saying. I think she's still amazing, even though she fucking froze her face too much. Like, I tell you, man, you turn. She turns her head towards you, and you go, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, I see the star quality. No, of course, it's there. It's I mean, like I saw her in that in that big little live show, and I said her face is like waxing, and she's still astounding. You yeah. know what I mean? That says a lot. Like, imagine if she didn't have all that, she would. I would have been like, you know, I think she's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what's fr- you know, and I think she even spoke about it. Saying, I think I went too far. Let me unfreeze oh, yeah. my face a bit. I think I read somewhere, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she didn't cop up to well, it. Well, it was amazing to be sitting, you know, Ugh. closer than this with her and having yeah. and having dialogue. And you amazing. just, that's for me. So it wasn't even the character that was a stretch. It was just, well, you better the, have yeah. your stuff together. Yeah. Here, man. You no, and if you do together. another take and you mess up, you're like, oops, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm Nicole sorry. Kidman. I'm sorry, I'm Nicole sorry. Kidman. Sorry to waste your time. I'm sorry to waste your time. <laughs> I had a friend, uh, my friend's uh, uh, dad is a big editor. Oh, yeah. And he said to me once, even Meryl Streep has bad takes. Oh, sure. So you know what I mean? Well, so we yeah, only, we only, we, uh, we as viewers only see the final right, but version, but she might be hammy and hacky in some takes, too. Yeah, but when you're only there for a day or two. No, you don't want to fuck up. You don't want to fuck no, up. No, of course not. The I'm just saying. The guest star is the hardest role in television. Yeah, because they expect you. They don't have time for you. You don't have time to be indulgent. You don't have time to be like, well, this character, I want to make sure this is my motivation. Like, shut right. the fuck and up. And you have to be on it every time. You don't really get the luxury of messing up a yeah. take more than once or yeah, twice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like you have allies on the set necessarily. No, nobody really knows you. Yeah. Uh, when I was, uh, the only time I was a regular on a show, which was right. the practice, I just made an, an effort when there's a guest star coming in to be a witness on the stand yeah. for one scene. Yeah. I would just introduce myself. See, that's nice. Sure See, that's nice of told you. Told them they did a good, but I, I learned that from Henry Winkler. I people, love him. Oh you know? my God. He, when I was first on the practice, he was a guest star on that sh- that episode. Okay. And my, my first day, I was also a guest star. Right. I wasn't, I became a you became they upgraded you, but he was so supportive during that process. That's amazing. He would kept looking at me and give me a Fonzie oh, thumbs up. Or that's amazing. He would give me a hug and say that was really great take. Or you don't can worry see that he's it. warm and fuzzy. You know, oh, my yeah. friend uh, did an episode of Friends, mm-hmm. and they were already superstars. Mm-hmm. And she said to me that Jennifer Aniston was like that. Yeah. That Jennifer Aniston stuck around even to for the final curtain call, even though she could have gone home for the taping. Yeah. She's a minch. Yeah. She's a fucking minch. And I'm sounding like Henry yeah. Winkler's a minch. Yeah, he is. You um, know, for I people who don't know that minch means a good person. That's very good. You, you, I know. Traveled. I know all my yeah, – I spent a lot of time in New York now, hung out with Judy Gold. I know all the Jewish Oh, so stuff. you know the people's life. I, I actually was on Friends. I, I oh. did the very last episode of Friends. Oh, wow. You were on the series finale? The series finale. I uh, There's a moment – I don't know if you remember this episode. I don't – I didn't see all the episodes. Well, in the end, uh, you know, Ross and Rachel. Rachel's connect? leaving. Oh. She goes to the airport. Okay. And then about half way through the episode, Aww. Ross is like, I got to go get her. Oh, And honey. Phoebe says, get in my cab. I love it. Oh, she and was driving a cab. She I don't was driving a cab. So they get in the cab, and they're about to go to the airport, and I get in the back of the cab. Oh, and my I go, God. I uh, go to 86 and Lex, <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, 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 this isn't a real cab. And I'm like, I know my rights. You have to take me where I want to go. <laughs> That's and they a funny kick, fart. And they kick me out of the cab. So I was there for that time. No. But I got to tell you, being there for the last episode yeah. was Huge. Weird. Yeah, I'm sure. I sat, I, Paul Rudd was a recurring okay. performer on that episode, and he stood next to me at one point. We were leaning on the foosball table. Right, of course. The foosball table. And they were shooting a scene in, in the coffee shop, and uh, and Jennifer Aniston is crying. 
because she can't get through it's the last scene in the coffee oh. shop so she's crying and all her family's there oh everybody God, her parents so are nice. there they're all sitting there and she's doing her last scene and she starts to cry and everybody just gets quiet and they're like okay we're gonna hold for a minute <laughs> and everybody just kind of holds and paul rudd and i are standing together and i looked at him and i said this is awkward isn't it? <laughs> and he said yeah it's kind of like being invited to watch someone take a bath <laughs> and i was like yeah that's that's, a that's really not the image. Good I feel more like a funeral, but okay. <laughs> that was just kind of like this is. That's so. Funny. We're we're privy to some really personal yeah, moments here that really we weren't funny. planning on. We just showed that's up. That's like work. farting in public. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's a little weird. Um. Well, I will definitely see your show. Great. This week, obviously, by the time this airs, uh, you know, I might air this. I might do you a fave. What you gonna do me a fave? I'm gonna do a fave, and I might air this on Friday. Head of oh, sketch. Oh, so you got so a whole people weekend. People can kick up and maybe the, see the shows before are it closes. Four shows over the so weekend. So let me do that. So let me do that. I'll air this on Friday. Oh, very uh, nice. And then you guys you can see uh, not the drowsy chaperone. What's it called Ethan Cohen's new play? A play is a, play a poem. A play is a poem. At the uh, taper. At the taper. Um, and uh, use discount code Raylan to get free tickets. I'm kidding. There are no fucking free tickets. Just uh, pay your d- pay these actors. It's a nonprofit. <laughs> You're supporting theater and the arts. Maybe you'll see Brad Pitt. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll see his cousin Jed. There'll be people out. Who okay, knows? Okay, who knows? You never maybe know what. Maybe Clooney will be there. Maybe Clooney will they'll be there with Amal fighting for human rights <laughs> together as they watch theater. And her hair is perfectly done. Jesus fucking Christ. I love you all. I'm going to be headlining Caroline's October 23rd in New York City. Please go to www.xraepod.com and please share so people subscribe to the podcast so I can help get the word out for this thing with amazing guests like Jason Kravitz with an oh, S, not a Z. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much for coming. Really, it's my pleasure. Oh, really, great I love to it. finally meet you. What was you. that line again that you sang to me? Torpedo? Toledo Surprise. Do it again. Toledo Surprise. This is Raylan Casper Whiteside. It's a Broadway off. moment. <laughs>